Welcome to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to supporting leaders with a variety of solutions to build trust, inspire authentic change, and improve morale within your organization. Learn how to grow your people, build your culture, and transform your results. Welcome to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. I'm your host, Yvette Bethel, and this week's episode is entitled Functional Incompetence. You have no doubt encountered the term functional alcoholic. These are persons who seem to be functioning because they appear to be responsible and productive despite their condition. Functional alcoholics rarely miss work because of their condition, and even though some of them may excel at their jobs, persons who report to them are aware of the open secret. Similarly, functional incompetence attempt to give the impression of being on top of things, being in control. Their bosses are blissfully unaware of their incompetence because of their powerful self-promotion skills. However, their direct reports are painfully aware they are being used and undermined. Trish is a manager who used her influence to gain a promotion. She is a master storyteller, always positioning herself as a victim, having to overcome some insurmountable odds so she can lower her executives' expectations of her. Playing on their sympathy causes them to overlook superficial explanations and bold alternative facts. Like the Pied Piper, Trish has lulled members of the executive team into thinking she's a top performer. She reinforces her all-star status by always saying something negative about members of her team, artfully planting seeds of doubt, creating a negative perception about her direct reports among members of the executive team, skillfully keeping everyone at arm's length never allowing an opportunity for the myths she created to be dispelled. Trisha's deep, dark secret is that she is a functional incompetent, creating the false impression that she is at the top of her game, but she's not even close. In fact, she's profoundly incompetent, positioning work produced by members of her team as her own, never acknowledging their talent or contribution. Trisha is unaware that her direct reports are onto her game. They keep silent because they prefer not to face a vindictive onslaught. Trisha's direct reports know she is an insidious manipulator, using excuses and victim language to cause executives to not only buy into her, they valiantly defend her. Members of Trisha's team perceive themselves as stuck, having only two choices, to put up with the treachery and eventually become physically ill, or resign 
with or without a job offer. As they deliberate their options, Trish reinforces the divide between members of her team and the executives by minimizing their access. Trish is disorganized, always working on important deliverables at the last minute. She rarely has an original idea and she tends to socialize all day, gathering negative intel about anyone who matters so she can keep it as an ace up her sleeve, waiting to play her best cards when the time is right. Trish works late almost daily, maintaining the pretense that she is overworked. In reality, she's socializing all day and gossiping profusely, so her workday starts at 5 p.m. This is precisely when she lets her executive surrogates know she's slaving away, conscientiously doing her work. Trish keeps the team in a state of perpetual terror by throwing tantrums, ranting for long periods of time, and over-dramatizing petty situations, making sure no one steps out of line. Trish does whatever it takes to control the people who report to her, minimizing the likelihood they will report her by turning on the charm and always letting her team members know. You can come to me, you know. Her intent is not to support them, it's to keep her fingers on the pulse of just about everything, so she will know when to preempt an attack. Trish is the source of all bottlenecks, causing her direct reports and employees from other departments to wait interminably for her responses. This is one reason for her reputation for being incompetent among non-executives. She's also well known for compromising her integrity, even though she insists her integrity is intact. She fails to realize persons who operate in integrity don't have to say it. People watch what they do, and they know. Trish hoards information her direct reports need. Interestingly enough, she's also a person who doesn't like to attend meetings. Even though it sounds contradictory, it is not. The problem is, she cannot contribute anything substantive during meetings because she can't explain her position without rehearsal. As a result, She's uncomfortable being asked to contribute in meetings because she always has to maintain her appearance of flawlessness. Unfortunately, when Trish doesn't attend meetings, she lacks the information she needs to make critical decisions. So the bottlenecks persist until another executive inquires. As an executive, it's important to develop the skills you need to discern when you are being duped. You should be attuned to the signs of this type of bullying behavior because these functional incompetents create a situation where their direct reports perceive they have no recourse. 
The trouble is that confrontation is not the answer. Storytelling is their forte, so they will weave a web of denial, half-truths, inaccuracies, and personal attacks about their co-workers to solidify their position as the apparent alpha. Their game is power, and people like Trish play to ensure they are always the winners. In circumstances like this, it's important for executives to take rehabilitative action because not only is the incompetent manager not trusted, perhaps even despised, the executives facilitating Trish's bad habits are also not trusted. For being out of touch with staff and therefore oblivious to this destructive behavioral system and its effects, for not being open to feedback in relation to the favored manager, and for only caring about their own work, allowing themselves to remain oblivious to bottlenecks that block flow within the layers of their departments or teams. Persons who report to functional incompetence feel like they are powerless to take action to avert this destructive dynamic. Decision-makers need to put systems in place to better understand the interpersonal dynamics on their teams. Here are a few steps you can take. Firstly, give your team access to you if they need it. Don't only depend on the formal escalation process. It may be too late. Number two, listen. Not only to the most charismatic person planting the seeds of doubt about your team members, but to everyone. Number three, invite your indirect reports to provide you with presentations or reports so you can learn about their strengths and weaknesses firsthand. This is because you should avoid getting to know persons through the eyes of someone else. Get to know them for yourself. Number four. Randomly check the statistics for yourself and the sources of those metrics if you suspect there's a need. Otherwise, you may be guilty of validating alternative facts and risking your own reputation. If the incompetent manager is unable to change his or her behavior, decision makers need to weigh the costs and benefits of leaving the manager in place and make an informed decision. There is another type of functional incompetent who is exceedingly nice. Going overboard to treat persons who do their work well. They are less likely to throw persons under the bus, but they are also highly manipulative because they cannot afford for the person doing their work to become disgruntled and leave the team. Thank you for joining me at Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. Join me this and every Monday for a new episode. In the meantime, remember, always continue to evolve. Thanks for listening to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. Visit YvetteBethel.com to learn more about Yvette's leadership programs and to download her free gift, Success Tips for Igniting Your Career.